0: Thank you so much, uh, our sister Eunice. Thank you for being a multitasker. We praise God who gives us grace to serve him in all ways. Dear members, you are very welcome. Uh, It's a a rainy morning, uh, depending on where different people are. In Kayaza, it is... Yes, the Lord is watering our grounds. We continue to thank God for the opportunity that He gives us to wait on Him as we share in His word and as He empowers us as His disciples. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we indeed thank you for the opportunity by your grace by the power of the Holy Spirit, by your mercies that we wake up and we can wake up to a meal, a meal of your word, a meal from you. Now, Lord, may you indeed speak to each one of us. May you indeed empower us by this sharing and let there be a new revelation of your word unto us in our different places where we are now, that indeed this word will be revealed anew and that King of Kings will be empowered to continue being your faithful ambassadors, your disciples in our time today, in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our sharing this morning is centered on the theme in Christ, we have redemption. In Christ, we have redemption. Our key text is Hebrews chapter nine, verse 12 to 15. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 12 to 15. Let me read that, Hebrews chapter nine, I'll start from verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood. So obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of Haifa sprinkled on those. Who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more? How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve? the living god for this reason christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant the word of the lord Praise be to God. Our text that I've just read is coming from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 to 15. And a theme of sharing, in Christ we have redemption. Friends, in Christ Jesus, God's redemptive plan for the world is accomplished through the once and for all sacrifice of his son on the cross. The once and for all sacrifice of Christ Jesus on the cross, we see God's redemptive plan for the world accomplished. Why this redemptive plan? Why the redemptive plan? Let's remember that from Genesis chapter one, chapter two, man is meant to live in a paradise relationship with God in the garden of Eden. Everything perfectly placed before man. In chapter three, Genesis, sin, enters into the world, man has fallen. The relationship between God and man is cut. Man loses his position in this paradise relationship. He loses the paradise as a result of his disobedience. And God's question to man is, man, where are you? Where are you? why the redemptive plan cause man is separated from god and we read in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 as a result of man's fall god has this to say and i will put an enmity between <coughs> you and the woman and between your offspring and hers He will crush your head and you'll shake his, you'll strike his heel. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we see God stamping, we see God putting a final nail. The enmity between man and evil, the enmity between God's creation of man, one that had been given responsibility over all creation, the Garden of Eden, it's all gone. And not only is the relationship gone, the paradise gone, it's as if evil, in a way, is instituted into the world, and man is going to struggle with evil the rest of his life. Why God's redemptive plan? Because man has lost his relationship with God. Evil is now over the world, enmity between man and God is, and enmity between God, man, and evil is clearly spelled out right here as we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. So to say for us, to ask friends, that as long as we're in this world, we can never shake hands with the evil. With the evil one. For Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 clearly spells it out enmity between you, the serpent, the forces of deception, the forces of evil, between the woman and the offspring of the woman, you will strike his heel, and the offspring of the woman will crush your head. At this point, I see warfare is born. Warfare, we as believers are called into warfare. They call for us at any one moment to be ready to crush the head of the evil one. And you know what? The evil one is always on the alert to pull down God's people. War between man and evil starts here. God in his mercy God in his love, in his graciousness, nature, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. The Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve, and he called them. This act of God making a kind of a cloth for man to wear is the first act of sacrifice and you know what it is clear that this sacrifice because in order for adam to get a skin to wear it is very clear that god has to kill an animal it is initiated by god it is a sacrifice that god himself does because of his grace because of his love in order to protect man from his shame, praise the Lord. Because when he called Adam, where are you? Adam responds with, we are ashamed. We are hiding from you. And God works out a plan of taking away man's shame. And what does he do? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, as Avoide mentioned, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve and clothed them. He made garments of skin and clothed Adam and Eve. Look, this is an act that is initiated by God. An animal had to be killed that the physical shame of Adam and Eve is overcome. This is the first act of God in this redemptive plan. Praise the Lord. God's act in this redemptive plan goes to man and asks, where are you? God is initiating this. God is getting out of his comfort. He's coming to man to find man where he is and is asking, where Are you, Adam? And he quickly clothes Adam with an animal skin. He had therefore to sacrifice an animal in order to get Adam protected from the shame that Adam was suffering. That addressed the outward aspect of Adam's life. It never solely addressed the matters of his heart. This journey for redemption is initiated started by god as a sign of his merciful and loving nature man did not look for god man actually hid from god god did look for man we know very well that in as much as adam seemed to have hiding from god there is no way that we shall actually hide from God. He is omniscient, he is omnipresent, he is omnipotent. God is everywhere. God is all knowing. God is above all circumstances. God knew where Adam was. God looked for Adam and reached out to him. The sacrifice of this animal. And the many other sacrifices that actually follow are Abel and Cain, Noah, Abraham, and many others. They are dealing with the outward aspect of man's life. None is addressing the inward, the matters of the heart. Prophet Jeremiah, I would like us to to note that and read that very well as we look at God's redemptive plan for humanity. Something that he started way back and he continues to build and says, how do I restore man to the paradise relationship that I intended to live with him? In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 34. This is what the prophet Jeremiah speaks out. Verse 31 of Jeremiah chapter 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. I'll not be like, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant that I'll make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Hallelujah. No longer will they teach their neighbors to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hallelujah, God's redemptive plan. Prophet Jeremiah speaks into this redemptive plan years before we would see the final plan, the gift that God had for humanity being unveiled. And Hebrews, Hebrews chapter eight, the right of Hebrews in chapter eight actually does refer to what Jeremiah prophesies. Because we read in Hebrews chapter eight from verse, from verse nine. I mean, specifically read, okay. Hebrews chapter eight from verse nine, referring to Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 8 starts like this. But God found fault with the people and said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbors or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more." The right of Hebrews goes to Jeremiah chapter 31 and brings out the prophecy of Jeremiah and brings it right here in the New Testament to say God has been working out a redemptive plan for humanity that even while the first covenant through Moses, even when that failed, God has not given up on his people. God continues to work out a plan. And here we see in the new covenant, the plan, the covenant, where his relationship is going to be in the minds and in the hearts of his people. God being our God, And his people being his people and we being his people. That from that time, people will be forgiven and their sins will be remembered no more. Why? Because this covenant, the new covenant, deals with the matters of the heart, the inside of man. His conscience is dealt with. His mind is dealt with. God cleanses us from the inside. While in the first covenant, while in the first attempts, the sacrifices mainly dealt with the outside of man in the new covenant, the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice deals with our hearts. Our hearts are transformed. Our minds are renewed and our sins forgiven. A new walk, a new journey with the Lord we start. Praise the Lord. So the new covenant was God's final step in the redemptive plan of man. Men, or man's minds and heart would be transformed, and we see this fully achieved, fulfilled in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you talk about Jesus Christ being our redemption, or in Jesus, we're having redemption. We are talking about a journey God has worked out, a journey that God has uh, well-ordained. He works out many ways in which our paradise relationship with God can be restored. But guess what? All fail. Mainly, most of them are dealing with the outside But until man's heart, man's mind is transformed in Christ Jesus, do we see God fully satisfied that man's sin is dealt with. Romans chapter three, verse 23 and 24 has this to say. Romans chapter three, verse 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Redemption, therefore, is God's act of grace and mercy by which he brings restoration to a sinful people, a sinful world, where he announces our total forgiveness, our being cleansed from sin in Christ Jesus. It is the the deliverance of God's people from sin to be redeemed, friends, to be forgiven, to be made holy, to be justified, to be declared free, reconciled back to God. And this only is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is an act that is at a cost, as we see in the old covenant. Blood of animals is shed. In the new covenant, it is the blood of Christ that is shed. Why is it important for us to be talking about this as we celebrate Christmas? Some of us could be saying, maybe this should have come uh, during uh, the the Holy Week towards uh, the, the crucifixion. Maybe that's the time when this should have come. But friends... Let's note that as we celebrate Christmas, it is critical that we make deep reflection on the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. That we, as we, we refocus our Christmas and focus our Christmas aright. When you get it wrong at the beginning, certainly one will get it wrong at the end. If we do not see what the Lord Jesus, what the plan through Jesus, God's plan through giving his one and only son to this world, if we do not fully grasp that plan, it is possible that the rest of the journey we may not understand. No wonder today we have taken Christmas as the day when we can do everything worldly, as the day when we can Continue life as usual. When we can drink ourselves fully and dead. When we can eat all and we end up being unhealthy. When we can celebrate as the rest of the world celebrates. Many people celebrate Christmas even when they are not about the main point of Christmas, the Lord Jesus. So we thank God that we have the opportunity to reflect on why this Christmas, that the 46 of us present right now, we have the opportunity to sit and say, why this Christmas? Why the Lord sending his one and only son into this world? And when we understand that God has had a redemptive plan for humanity, then we celebrate this Christmas with understanding, with thanksgiving, and would want to win as many people as the Lord will enable us. Want to approach this with an evangelistic mind where we win souls to the Lord. We need to handle this Christmas gift with extreme understanding and carefulness. Just paint a picture of uh, a person who's heading to uh, a wedding reception and this person has got a gift for the couple. But for one or two reasons, this person finds it hard going to the reception and maybe another engagement quickly sets in and then asks another person who was invited to take the gift on their behalf. The second person taking the gift on their behalf on behalf of the other may not exactly know what is in this gift, what is carried in that beautifully uh, wrapping or wrapped paper, something like that. So this person simply carries the gift and she goes to the reception. And at the reception, probably the MC makes an appointment, please, uh, all gifts, uh, get them to the gift table, and uh, the couple is going to cut the cake, then they'll have their speech, and then we shall depart because of time, we want to be able to shake the couple's hands, something like that. Because the a person who eventually delivers this gift is not aware of the content, it is possible that this person will simply throw that gift at the gift table. And uh, the ushers, probably will also come and carry this particular gift brought in and simply mingle it with all the other gifts until <clears throat> the couple come back from the honeymoon. But guess what? <clears throat> what the content of this wonderfully wrapped gift? What is the exact gift in there? If the person who carried it knew what really was the insult probably they would wait and say, let me give it to the best man they would wait and say, let me give it to the bagole themselves. Oh, let me give this gift to the parents because what is inside here is not a simple uh, maybe plates for the kitchen. It's not just uh, another book, but certainly this gift could be an iPhone. This gift could be one of the latest gadgets that is inside there. And truly, this person that has and trusted this gift you to deliver has put in their best. Just imagine that this is what Christmas brings to us. Sometimes, if we fail to get to know the content of Christmas at the beginning, it is very possible that we actually handle this Christmas carelessly. And it is possible that, yes, we have always celebrated Christmas, but let's celebrate Christmas 2022 with the understanding that here, God's redemptive plan is being fulfilled. And so we'll not carelessly celebrate this Christmas. If this person carrying this gift knew that inside there was an iPhone, they will not simply throw it to the gift table. They'll get it to the couple. They'll get it to the the particular people so that it is not carelessly handled. May God forgive us, friends, when we have celebrated Christmas carelessly because we did not think about the purpose, the reason for this Christmas. So how do we give Christmas its due respect and position as we reflect on Hebrews chapter nine from verse 11 the text that we just read. Three things for us to help us make deep reflection as we celebrate Christmas 2021. One, that it is important for us to acknowledge the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ as God's redemptive solution for the world. The supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. Number two, for us to acknowledge The need for redemption in the world today. That we need to see Christ at work in different aspects of our life today. And number three, we having a complete determination to build our security and our confidence in Christ alone. Let me go a little bit in detail of each of these three that I've mentioned. One, the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. We've read in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 13. You see, there are other sacrifices. Verse 13 has this to say. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 13. The blood of goats, the blood of bulls, and the ashes of Haifa sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. Outward cleanness. Those were the rituals. That you are being performed to bring about cleanliness or redemption for them. Verse 14 How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? The supremacy of Christ in bringing us redemption above everything else in this world. Christ being the mediator in this new covenant, verse 15, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. The supremacy of Christ over all acts that can ever bring us back to the Lord. His blood is above the blood of the animals. His once and for all sacrifice, unlike the others, makes him above everything. You see, the priests would all the time get to the altar once, twice, and it was a kind of an, not an easy activity for the priest to always go before the altar. But Christ does it once and for all, his supremacy. As we read again in verse 25 to 28 in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 25, nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy. Every year with blood that is not his own. Verse 26. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he he has appeared once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once, And after that, to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Praise the Lord. We see the sufficiency. We see the supremacy of Christ over every act that is to do with bringing humanity back to the lord and for that friends he is the offspring that crushes the head of the serpent that pulls down evil as you read from genesis chapter 3 verse 21 Number two, it is important for us friends to acknowledge in our time today that the world is still in darkness and the world needs redemption. That as we approach Christmas, we approach it with an evangelical look and say, God, we still have aspects of darkness around us. And we are praying that indeed the people that are living in darkness will see the light of God. Christ is the mediator, even our time today, as we've read in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. That our call as his ambassadors is to carry on the mediation role where we bring and point many people to the Lord. That therefore, this Christmas season, you and I are to bring salvation to our families. We are to bring salvation to God's people for we carry on that mediation role. In John chapter one, the gospel of John chapter one, verse 10 to 11, the gospel of John chapter one, verse 10 to 11. He was in the world and though the world was, not, was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He is the redemption. He is the source of this reconciliation back to God. He is in this world. The world has rejected him. Yesterday, the Archbishop of the Church of Uganda did share his Christmas message. And you sense from the message that is very clear the world has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not going to stand with the people that have rejected the Lord Jesus. We are going to be his ambassadors even in the tough times around us. We need God's redemption in the world today. Verse 12, um, John says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave them the right to become the children of God. Hallelujah. How we pray that during this Christmas at All Saints Cathedral, in different churches, every preacher that will be preaching, all of us as disciples of the Lord, wherever the Lord will send us, when we share God's message, people shall believe in him and they'll become the children of God. And lastly, number three, for us friends, knowing that in Christ Jesus we have redemption, that then we have our security and our confidence in Christ Jesus alone. No other sacrifices can replace the Lord Jesus. Sometime back in my own family, my sister lost her husband and there was a lot of confusion in her family. And some people did say to her, there is a, a man of God that will pray for her family and they will be set free. The man of God traveled from Kampala, were not aware. And when she reached the village, when he reached the village in Kabale, he told my sister that she has to give Sadaka a sacrifice. And you know what? They saw one of her wonderful cows, and they asked that that cow was the one to be sacrificed in order for the man of God to deliver God's deliverance to my sister's family. My sister's conscience was not clear about that. She went to consult a reverend in the village. And when the man of God heard that my sister had gone to consult with the reverend, he took off, left the village and returned to the city. Friends, our confidence and our security only in Christ Jesus. There is not any amount of sacrifice that we can ever do to bring us blessings in our homes. And Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, we pray with confidence, hold unswervingly unto him. Let me read Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 19. And then we'll get into a time of prayer that our call, understanding that Christ is God's ultimate plan in this redemptive work of God. Then we build our confidence in Christ alone and in him alone shall we find answers, shall we live a life worth living. Verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from all guilt, conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold and to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of Christ returning, approaching. Confidence in prayer, confidence in fellowship, confidence in who Christ has made you and joyfully waiting for him despite the many pressures that we face. Our ultimate security is only and only in God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your redemptive work over this world. Our Father, you so love the world that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. When the Lord was in this world, he proclaimed, he announced to all people that while the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy, I have come that you may have life and have this life in abundance. See, Lord, it is a prayer that as we celebrate Christmas 2022, it will be very clear to us that this is the gift for us. Help us, Lord, not to miss out on this gift. Help us, King of Kings, by your love, by your mercies, that that, that we see the Lord Jesus and make him above everything in these celebrations. That all we do, all we say will focus to the Lord Jesus being exalted in our hearts, in our minds, in our consciences, in our day-to-day life. Specifically, Lord, I pray for those that are here and they they are yearning for salvation in their places of work, in their families, in our nation, Uganda, that Lord, you'll give us words powerful, your presence and your anointing upon us draw many to you lord christmas is about you coming into this world in the way that you went to to adam and eve and you dress them we know that you still come to your people today and you dress us with salvation with your forgiveness with your love and your mercies. You take away every sin and you enable us to overcome evil. Lord, as you proclaimed that the war between man and evil, even today, we see this war. It's only you that empowers us to be victorious. Lord, how we pray that each one of us will stand out as your faithful ambassadors fighting and conquering over evil and declaring your goodness to all your people. Lord, we pray that the believers shall shine in a time that will not celebrate Christmas as the world does, but that will understand the message of Christmas, your redemptive plan in Christ Jesus for the world being fulfilled, and that we shall hold unto and unswervingly will not give up, will keep our hope alive, our joy alive, as we serve you, as we proclaim your holy name. Lord, may you empower us all in your church and the leadership, your people to continue standing even in the dark world around us. May we shine in the dark. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen,
1: amen, and amen. Amen, amen. Uh, Thank you, our brother, Reverend Paulson for the message, and um, as the prophecies of Jesus came through the Old Testament, where you you will see that the moment he was baptized, he began to fulfill those promises. And it's actually, this season is a season of reflection of what God, not only what God has done, but also what God has said. There's a difference between the two. We serve a God who does things, but he also says things. So that's why before we enter the new year, as we celebrate, we need to be mindful of what he has said. And what he says is what he does. And that's what Jesus came to do. I was actually reading Luke chapter four this morning. And when it came to the uh, mandate of Jesus, where it says he came to, you know, uh, to set those who are blind free, to open the eyes of the blind, and uh you know, I I understood the Lord helped me to understand that that recovery of sight is that people had sight before, because you know, uh, Adam was born with all this, there was a friendship they had a sight, but when sin came, as the Reverend was preaching, he quoted. Genesis three fifteen, when sin came, that side, spiritual side, and all that, left man. And then, uh, when Jesus came, the second Adam, he recovered it. To recover means you had something, but now it was lost, and now it it is being gotten back. So I'm gonna ask, uh, Allen, Aunt Allen, if you are there, just to respond to this message, uh, so that we, uh, as Aunt Allen prepares. I want to invite you, you know, from 26th. we are praying throughout. The program has already come out. Some of you have seen the flyer. It's a physical meeting. Uh, let's be there, 26th, 6 AM. We will not have this arrangement, uh, but we just have to uh, travel in prayer all the way up to 31st. surface. please go ahead. <clears throat>
2: Thank you, Father Hilary. Thank you, Reverend Folsom. Uh, Let us pray. Father, we, we bless your name. We honor you. We magnify you for the gift of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for what your servant has taught us this morning. My God and my Father, you are our God. And Lord, it is because you came that we are redeemed from every affliction from every challenge, from every idolatry, from every worship. Lord our God, we thank you for your servant, Reverend Paulson. Thank you for giving him the time to to prepare this sermon. Lord, we pray that in this season we shall not be lost in the celebration of eating, drinking, and merrymaking and forgetting The real season why the Messiah came, my God and my father, Lord, as the scriptures unveil, as your servants unveil the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, and now in this particular chapter of confirmation in Hebrews, Lord, we pray that Lord, you who is our redemptive God, and who has redeemed us from this the the from sin we pray that Lord you will be amidst us in this season you will take us through this season with the light of Christ you will take us Lord where we have waited upon the the deliverance of Christ I pray that Lord it will manifest in us and the things we do that surely Jesus came to us for the sake of paying our debt, paying our sins, providing for us, but not just the merrymaking. Our God and our Father, we thank you in Jesus' name I praying. Heavenly Father, we get before, as um, Reverend Paulson prayed, <coughs> uh, preached rather, he, he cautioned us, number of things and as he brought the the prophetic it's the prophetic fulfilled in jesus and so usually we we struggle in this issue of the prophetic but you could see that the whole sermon as the reverend preached was in reference to what had been said by prophet isaiah in genesis and quoting them the the nature or the redemptive nature of christ so let us pray Our god and our father thank you thank you that you're teaching us the truth about christmas the truth about christ coming to fulfill the goodness of god lord we 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 particularly Thank you, O Lord, that you are our God who is uh, mightier than anything. Lord, we have been in this season and many challenges, but we thank you for the teaching that is coming through us—a teaching that has helped us to know, to know the purpose for which Christ came. And so, Lord, as we are taught the purpose for which Christ came, we pray that, Lord we shall be able to know the goodness of God, to know the light of Christ, to know that Christ came as light to us. Not, and as we dealt with deal with this topic of de- de- redemption, we also bring it that as Aaron taught us, we merge this, that he is the bread of life. And in Christ, we have life and the life abundantly. So Lord, we are able to know that all our redemptive purposes are in Christ Jesus. The summary of this is that everything and every redemptive purpose of God was brought to being when the Savior was born to us and the birth of the Savior means that he brought us bread, he brought us life, he brought us redemption, redemption from idolatry, redemption from from waywardness, redemption from, Lord, let it just not be a season of Christmas trees, but Lord, we usher Jesus into our families, into our lives, into our marriages, into the the ordering of Christ's services. Lord, be our guide, be our redeemer, my God and my my father. Thank you for your servant as he dealt with the topic. Lord, we also come to you in this season. Lord, there's been a cry by the nation on the issues of accidents. Lord, as Reverend Paulson preached, we see that all this redemption in accidents, redemption in anything is that we call on you, Christ. So Lord, I call on you as we battle out with the many accidents that have happened lately. Lord, you reminded us that you had forewarned of this season, just as your servant was teaching. You forewarned as usual. Lord, you had for a long wound of this season, but somehow there was a lapse in our our God as the church. So now, Lord, we repent for our lapse that it is only Christ who washes the roads. It's the Christ who washes the atmosphere. We pray, Lord, for those families that have lost their loved ones, those families that um, have had challenges Lord, we particularly bring the, the family of the Honorable Leto Kabe and uh, his wife. Lord, it's a big loss to us, the people of Teso Serere particularly, but Lord, as a nation, but also Lord, as a church of Christ. This is a child of God who was, who was particularly the origin is the father is an Anglican reverend who has been in the preaching of the word. He himself is a preacher of the word in another. Lord, if there is anything that you need us to know in this season is that Christ redeems us from everything, redeems us from accidents, redeems us from pain, redeems us from sickness, redeems us from everything in totality. So we pray that we focus ourselves on Christ and not on worldly things. We pray that, Lord, you guide us, guide us on the issues concerning you, the word of God that came into being, that, Lord Jesus, you came and the word became flesh, because the word was with you and the word was God. So we thank you for this season. We honor you, O oh Lord. We ask that, Lord, everything about us and Everything about this season, as we celebrate this season, it's an the season of dedicating ourselves to God. And Lord, I am pretty sure that you, O oh Lord, celebrated this season of dedication. So I pray for my friends, my sisters and brothers, that we shall dedicate ourselves to God and dedicate ourselves to the service of God. In Jesus' name, I prayed. Amen. Father God, we thank you for Reverend Paulson. Thank you for his family. Thank you for his wife and children. And we pray that you bless him. Bless him for bringing up this message to us and encouraging us. Lord, this has been an encouragement and guidance. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.